Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad to have you today on, uh, I think it's a nice day out there. It was nice earlier. Yeah, it looks very nice. Hope you've got uh, plans for a great afternoon. And But we're very glad you're spending your morning with us, no matter where you are. All over the country, people are joining, and we think that's very cool. We're continuing on in the series we're doing called Are You Ready? This series is it's about our hope. And remember, I, the, the title came from a passage where it says we're to be prepared. We're to be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. It's significant. And so I wanted to make sure that we really have our hope in the right spot because it matters a great deal on how we live now. And so this series is going to be us digging into that, and we're already tying in some really cool things, and we're going to go back in the next few weeks and dig into the Old Testament, and we're going to pull more into the story, because really it's foundational. You, you, this should be something you, you should be able to give a reason for the hope that you have and what it means. And we have a great hope, and I think sometimes we've undersold it. And so we're, we're just trying to make sure we're, we're making the connection with what's coming uh, in Revelation 21. The end, you know, go read it, and new heaven comes to earth, and the earth is renewed, restored, and we get new physical bodies, and we have life. It's amazing life, the way it was supposed to be. That's what's coming. So we need to be aware of that. So that we're processing that. I said last week, you know, that we gotta make sure that we're, we're front loading the end game, but we gotta make sure we get the right end game in this whole thing. So that's what we're doing. I talked last week about, uh, temple a little bit, the idea of temple, and we're gonna build on that more in the weeks to come, but, you know, as I said last week, we're, we're a temple. Holy Spirit lives in us. We're a place where heaven and earth meet. That's the idea of temple. It's a place where heaven and earth meet. And so we're gonna, we're gonna talk today about how that impacts our daily Living. Bad joke time. I was nearly arrested yesterday after the neighbor, neighbors complained about me playing Engelbert Humperdinck, rec, rec, Engelbert Humperdinck records all night. Police released me. Let me go. So I apologize to anybody first who's never heard of Engelbert Humperdinck. Please release me. Let me go. I can explain it. I got hit in the head earlier with a can of Diet Coke. Don't worry, I'm not hurt. It was a soft drink. (laughs) Speaking of freak accidents, I read about a photographer who was injured when a huge lump of cheddar landed on him. To be fair, the people who were being photographed did try to warn him. Cheese. I've been laughing at this all week. It is not getting the response I expect. I just sit there, think about it, and start randomly laughing. But nothing. There's Sorry. your sign. I'm out of your way. Here yeah. you go. Thank you, dear. Please. Thank you. Fix this problem that I've created. I can't. I can't do it. You need Jesus for that. But I will say, good job with worship. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. You did a good job. You did yeah. a good job. Surrounded by amazing talent. I know. It does help. <laughs> Billy. It, it makes all the difference. Trust me. <laughs> it used to be just you some weeks up there. Anyway, in the old days. It was much worse. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Thank you, Lord. Father, again, we focus our eyes and our ears and our hearts on you and Lord, in your presence, whatever burdens we're carrying today, can we just place them at your feet? 
Father, I thank you that when your Holy Spirit descends in the room, those burdens become less and less and less. Help us every day, Father, to seek your face. We come to you today with empty hands. But as my brother so eloquently said this morning, you are all that. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? That was too good not to steal, Henry. Sorry. The the text today is out of the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. And this, of course, is the Apostle Paul. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things that have been created have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Blessed be the word of God. Y'all can be seated. You notice I bent down and picked that up without my microphone on. And a lot of you know why. <laughs> this is that I had Alice read that passage, and we're reading big chunks of, of the Apostle Paul over the last four weeks as part of our scripture reading. Because I want you to see that this idea that we're talking about, Paul has embraced it. And, and if you hadn't been connecting it in the past, how Paul takes all the events from Old Testament and he's weaving them into this story that we're talking about. Read as you do. You'll see these things really start opening up to you. And here's this idea of hope again. Do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Why it's again so important that we get the hope and what it means and how that changes everything. The gospel that we heard that's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. And so we're we're talking about this idea of knowing our hope and and knowing that we're we're just not waiting for the sweet by and by. Not, not, that we're not just waiting for a time when we're going to float off in the clouds and be playing harps, uh, that we, we don't become angels, uh, but knowing that we live, as we talked about last week, uh, as, as 
temples, where a place where heaven and earth overlaps. We live in a tension between the age to come, which was introduced at the cross, and this present evil age. But but because Jesus has come, things have changed, and they'll they'll change again when He returns. But we live in this amazing tension, and we need to know and understand that that the end of this, um, you know, we we are going to be back to what God intended in the very beginning. That's what we're moving towards. And this changes things. This hope changes things. The idea changes things. And so um, we, we have to allow those things to impact the way that we live presently. Because I would say that what's happened is that because we haven't sometimes adjusted our thinking, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, we, we have this idea that, that you know, we... We want to go to heaven because, you know, that's, and don't get me wrong, that's a good thing. But we've sort of taken that as, well, that's the end of the story. And what that will often do is make you just go, okay, well, I know I'm going to heaven because I know Jesus. And so I'm just going to wait. Um, okay, just, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm just got to endure. I got to survive. Got to make it through. And then heaven. And the problem is that, that we have to look past that end point because I said there's something else coming. We'll talk more about that more. And, and, uh, that hope then changes the way that we live now. And so that's what we have to talk about because we have this amazing life and adventure that we're called to. And, and so how does it impact us now? Well, this is one of the ideas that Paul talks about when he talks about the new self. And Paul talks about that, about us putting on the new self. In Colossians 3.10, it says, We put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. And the way he describes a new self, he's, it's actually like clothing. It's something that we put on. And so we need to be aware that, that we have a choice uh, on how we are going to be dressed. So, so and I was teasing earlier, uh, I, I, I get to choose what I wear except for on the weekends. And then someone else chooses for me. And uh, <laughs> because I get, I don't, I, I am, I know I'm not like everybody. I get a style that lasts for 20 years, and I'll stick with it. I've got a haircut that I've had since I was like 25. One haircut. Why change? It works. Done. I, I like seeing the same. So, you know, I would t- you know, normally I'd just dress in a T-shirt and a pair of shorts. So Alice fortunately classes that up to a shirt and a pair of shorts <laughs> on the weekend. But here's the idea. We get to, we get to decide how we're going to dress. Now, we are... Working models of new creations. Well, I tell you that. That this is something that we are. Because Holy Spirit lives in us. Heaven and earth meet right here in us. And we can choose to listen to him and yield to him and put on the new self and respond in that ideas and experience life in a whole different way. Or we can choose not to. That's the Holy Spirit never over, overpower you in that. You can choose not to. You can choose to sort of be very selfish and sarcastic. Anybody ever make that choice during the day? I do. We get to choose. It's very cool. But we can choose to put on the new self. We can choose to actually let people merge in when they should have merged in miles ago while we're driving. Sorry, that's only funny for those of you that know me. We can choose to live like we can choose to make a difference. And and so, you know, this is how God wants us to live. And see, we understand that this life we have now, when we put on the new self, what's happening is we're being renewed in the knowledge of the image of our Creator. Our image is, is reflecting Him. And that's what I've talked about 
Uh, we did a whole series about that not that long ago, that we're to be reflecting the image of God. It's our vocation. In the very beginning, when God set things up, I, I've told you this, you know, and it's heaven and earth meet. That's the cosmic temple. And, and in the temple, there should be an image. And who's the image in the temple? It's us. What's our job? We're going to reflect God to the world around us, and we're going to reflect the praises of the world back to God. That's our original vocation. And it's different than any other thing that's out there because we're the image. It's not a statue or an idol. It's us. I was reading recently in, in history when Rome, when the Romans came in and conquered Jerusalem and there was a general called Pompey and he, he goes in into Jerusalem. He actually goes into the temple. He walks in and then he goes into the actual holy place, the holy of holies, behind the curtain where no one was supposed to go except the high priest once a year. He walks in, he goes there and he comes out scratching his head because he can't find anything there. He said, these people don't worship a God because there's no statue of the God in there in that holy place. There's nothing in there. Why? Because we're the image of God. That's how God set it up. And so that was lost. That image bearing was lost at the fall, restored at the cross. And we're to reflect the image of God once again in our lives. And so it's the idea of choosing to put on the new self, choosing to walk, yielding to the Holy Spirit, making those choices. We won't do that perfectly, but we need to be aware of that and choosing to do that. And and, and I keep wanting to make the connection for you. One of the things that will cause you to choose to want to do that is remembering all that's coming. And all that you're already engaged in because of all that's coming. And verses start opening up to you. Like, we've all read this one, I'm sure, lots of times, Ephesians 2.10. Where Paul says, we're God's handiwork, workmanship. Poema is the word, masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. A big part of this is the idea of reflecting the image of God into the world. That's what he's created us to do from the very beginning. That's what we're going to do. And so we pick that up and we do that individually. Remember I said last week that we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're a temple individually. We looked at one verse. the way it's written. And so we take this on. And we make these choices. And we're looking to tie in to the things that God's doing. We're listening to Holy Spirit. Because these amazing God moments can happen in our lives if we're looking for them. If we're paying attention. If we're not so sort of caught up in our own story that we miss the things that God's doing. And God is moving in big ways. And God is moving in small ways. And there's nothing like tapping into those moments with God's at work. And it could be a very small thing just being there for somebody, praying for them, encouraging them, and you can see them change. I'm sure a lot of you have seen that, when a heaviness is just lifted off of someone, just because you were there and prayed for them, all of a sudden it was like, because God shows up. And it, it can be big things. I always talk about, I have this one, you might have heard this story, I'm sorry, but, but this was a big one about, you know, sometimes we, we miss God things and we write them off as coincidence. And, and there isn't coincidence happening. There's God at work, you need to be aware of that. And I... This one time I was traveling to Cuba. So I used to go to Cuba all the time. For 10 years I went to Cuba four or five times a year. We were planting churches over there. And it was a, it was a, you know, it was a very cool sort of God was always moving sort of thing. But on the very first trip that I went in, not knowing what to expect, it was very strange. I went with a friend of mine who at the time was the international missions coordinator for the Vineyard Bomb. He's a great guy. And uh, we went over there and he had said, listen, um, there's a guy we need to try and find. Uh, and and uh, I had met him. He had met him some years before. He said he's going to be significant for what we do in Cuba. The Lord told him that. And and uh, I said, great. What's his name? He said, well, his name is Carlos. <laughs> yeah, Carlos what? I have no idea. Just Carlos. Just, I'm pretty sure there's a few of them over there, Bob. 
Like, so he said, no, it's important. So we went, we prayed and we were, we were praying about this. And I'm like, yeah, come on. And, uh, we, that very first night, the first day that we were in Cuba, the very first night, sort of random things happening. We ended up at a church on the outskirts of Havana and, and it was, it was way out in the boonie. It was such a strange set of things that got us there. And they started the service and we were in it. And if you ever get a chance to go, it's really, it's a lot of fun. It was, you know, it's really hot because there's not air conditioning and it's really loud. And they, they were honored us when we showed up because that's not a normal thing to happen. You know, a bunch of us show up and they brought, oh, come on, come on. They put us right up in the front, right in front of the horn section. <laughs> Halfway through that service, you know who walked in? Carlos. And it was not his church. And he was just driving by and felt like he was supposed to show up there. And when Bob looked at me and went, oh, that's Carlos, I was like, get out of here. That was Carlos. And that was a God moment. And we had just happened to be there and we were sort of trying to listen to what God wanted us to do and moved us in that direction. God does that over and over and over again. And he was very significant in, in, in meeting him and through the people through him. We were able to plant over the next 10 years, 20 churches over there. So all of that was hinged on that. See, and that's God at work. Those are God moments. They're happening in your lives in big ways and small ways. And so we, we have to choose individually to listen to the Holy Spirit, cooperate, put on the new self. We also have to do that corporately. And this is a big deal. Remember I, I said last week that not only are we the temple individually because Holy Spirit fills us, but also the church together. We're, we're a type of temple, a place where heaven and earth meet. And Paul says in Ephesians 3.10, his intent was now where? Through the church. That's us. That's us gathering here. We're the church, right? Not the building. We're the church. I love this. The manifold wisdom of God. I like the whole terminology of manifold. The manifold wisdom of God. What's that? Like? Well, when, when you have a bunch of people who are filled with Holy Spirit gathering together, guess what? More things happen because we're more of us connected. And so so things start to happen. And when we get the idea, the other big theme of Paul all the time is about us being in unity, us kind of making sure we can agree on the, the big stuff and learn to take the little stuff and not, not get it so it divides us. And then what happens when we start walking like that? Look at this. We're, everything is made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. He's talking about the enemy there. Those are the rulers and authorities. You know, read, read more. When, when the church gets a hold of the idea of who they are and that they're reflecting the image of God and that they're doing it corporately to the world around us, the enemy is like, oh, we cannot let that happen because that's when things start to change. What happens? More and more people begin to come into the kingdom, connect to the hope that we have so that they can have that same hope and they can live with Jesus forever and ever and ever. So we need to be aware of how these things are happening and, and why it's so important that we have an idea of our hope and that we get the bigger picture. Because I think... That we've, we've stopped with the wrong question. Let me put it that way. Because I think the big question for most of us on the way in, and it's a great question. The question is, how do I get to heaven? I think it's a reasonable question. I think it's a good question for a lot of folks because they want to know about how do we, what does it look like? There's, is there more to life than this? How, and we ask ourselves that question. And we, we find out that the answer to that is you know Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life. That's how you get there. And then you're connected with him forever and everything changes. But we can't let that sort of then cause us to relax. Oh, good. Well, now I know Jesus and now I'm going to heaven. So I'm done. I'm just going to twiddle out, you know, these last days and uh, make through if I can. And there you go. No. 
See, we're created in advance for good. There's all these things that we're supposed to be tapping into. There's this life that we're supposed to experience. And it has to come from the realization that, that heaven, heaven is going to be so cool. People, oh, heaven. We're going to love heaven. When, if, if before Jesus comes back, because he's coming back, if before that happens, this body wears out, you will go to heaven. Promise. If you know Jesus, that's where you're going to be. It, people have said to me, well, are we going to get bored? No! You ain't going to have time. That's not the end point. And this, this shakes people up a little bit, but read the scripture. What happens? Heaven comes to earth. New heaven comes to earth. Earth is renewed, and we get new physical bodies. That's the idea. That's the point behind resurrection. You would not need a new physical body if you were just going to float around on a cloud. And what's going to happen is everything is going to be put back to the way it was in the beginning, before the fall. God's going to be here walking with us. We're going to hang out with him. And we're going to go and, and, and enjoy the adventure that he calls us to and everything that that looks like. And we can't even fully imagine it yet, but you need to start looking at it because that whole thing is broken into the now in Jesus. And it's changed everything. That's why when he taught us to pray, he said, listen, this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, because he's in the control room right now. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Because it's all going to come and connect at some point in the near future. It's coming quick. And it's exciting. And we need to be aware of it. And we need to start understanding that to be our hope. See, the, the question isn't not just how I get to heaven, because heaven is coming to earth. It was a good question to get you to Jesus. But the question now is bigger. And really, I think the question needs to be now, more like, well, how do I live in such a way that I'm a working model of new creation? How do I live in the tension of the now and the not yet? Knowing that the kingdom has been inaugurated but not yet consummated. That the age to come is here, but the present evil age is still here and I'm living in the middle. How do I live in the tension of the overlap of heaven and earth? Because heaven isn't some way off distant thing. Heaven and earth already overlap. You know it because Holy Spirit lives in you. Heaven and earth overlaps right here. And, and it, it overlaps in different ways. I've told you before, the language of the overlap is prayer. That's why prayer is so important. We get, we're, we're in the overlap. How do we live like that? And it's, those are better questions for believers. Because you answered the other one. How do you get to heaven? No, Jesus is Lord and Savior. Boom. But that's not the end game. There's all this other cool stuff. And that's why, that's the hope that Paul is always talking about. That's what he's moving us towards in the New Testament. And so are the other gospel writers. You want to get a, a quick look at new creation? Go read John chapter 20 and 21. You'll see it happening there. They developed the idea for us already. And so I love these pictures that are forming. And, and because things have already happened, we know they're going to happen. And that helps build our hope. Like I talked last week about... When Jesus came, he was a type of temple, right? Heaven and earth, place where heaven and earth met. And then, what's he do? He comes in, you know, he goes to the cross, defeats death for us. That's the gospel. Uh, defeats sin and death, rises again. The firstborn, the new creation is started in him. And he said, I'm going to go, but I'm sending Holy Spirit to you. It's going to be awesome. Holy Spirit comes, and now, 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 Holy Spirit's back on, on the scene, right? And, and he's dwelling in us. Heaven and earth meet another type of temple. And it's building towards something else. Creation. When, when everything started, go back and read Genesis, the very first chapter. What do you see? You see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How do you see it? The Spirit's hovering over the waters. God's there, and He speaks. And we know from John 1 that, that Jesus is the Word. And so you see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all at work in, in there in the beginning. At the temple, heaven and earth meet. We're there. That's the picture. The fall happens. That's blown up. But Jesus comes, the, the first type of temple, and, and then 
Holy Spirit comes. We're at another temple. And look what's coming. I love this song. Sing to the Lord a new song. Please release me. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. It's a reference to Jesus and what's happened already. And he's made known. He's made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. Holy Spirit has come, begun changing things, and he's remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst in the jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp and with the harp and the sound of singing with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. That's why we connect in worship and these things are already happening because of what He's done. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. That's a new creation image. Yeah, I'm, I like Ooh, look at them. How do, I don't know how they Let the mountains sing together for joy. The hills are alive. With the sound of music. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people's will. The time's coming. So what does that mean when he comes? When God comes to judge your people. Ooh, he's coming to judge. Listen. The idea of judge, what it really means, is he's coming to set everything back to right. See, that's what we're... He's, got, he's already in motion, right? He's already got everything working. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we're just waiting for that point in time when Father comes and sets everything back to right. And that's what we're really looking to. But because he's going to do that, it changes us now. And we need to be aware of that in our lives. That The amazing change. I got this passage. I, I didn't put it in your notes, so I want to read it to you. And, and you look at it this week. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 20 through 28. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. You guys know this story. For as in Adam all die. We know what happened at the fall, right? So in Christ all will be made alive. Everyone who gives their life to Jesus will be made alive. And he's already moved us from death to life. It's an amazing thing. Each in his own turn, Christ the first fruits, and when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, for he must reign until he has put all the enemies under his feet, all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Remember, no creation, new creation, there is no more death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. So that everything can go back to the way it was and we can begin to experience a life that he always intended us to experience because the enemy will not win the planet, I promise you. That's all I got. The hills are alive. <laughs> Let's pray. We got this, this. There's so much cool stuff in this. Get ready. It's it's going to be really good. But we're gonna we're gonna pray for you. Alice, come up. Let's pray. Papa, thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness to us and your faithfulness. You're such an awesome God. 
Help us to get a hold of this hope. Help us to make sure that we've got what the end game is and that we, we front load it right now and that it changes us now to live for you. That we're not just sort of on hold waiting for heaven, but that everything is already happening and we, you're using us now to make a difference forever. Let that be the hope that we have so that we'd never just sit back and go, oh, well, whatever. But God, stir our hearts, stir our holy imaginations for you. Stir us up, God, to read your word, to, to just look and see what you're doing. And let it change us forever so that we can change the world for you, God. You're an awesome, awesome God. Alice. You are awesome, God. I have one um, that I felt pretty strongly this week, and, and you've been thinking about what God's done in your past and how he's, he's moved, and you've seen him moving in other people's lives right now. And you're just kind of in a dry time. And the Lord wanted me to say to you, I'm not the great I was. I'm the great I am. So look at your feet. He's right there. He's with you, and you're going to see him. He's, he's, we serve a living God. He's right there and the scripture that you you can focus on is psalm 27 verse 13 i am certain of this that i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living so hold on to that and i have um i'm going to ask billy and angie they shared with me that they each had a word and sometimes when i try to tell them it gets lost in translation a little bit so since they're here i'm going to have them go ahead and do that during worship, as we were lifting high the name of the Lord, in my holy imagination, I saw the Lord coming down this aisle with this huge robe, the train of his robe filling this room. But it was supernatural, not only this room, but all the homes, all the phones, everybody watching online. But there was someone specific with a heart issue, something with your heart. And it's not only physically, but it's spiritually and in that moment, Jesus wants to touch you mm. and touch your physical heart for healing, but also your spiritual heart, because the physical with the spiritual are hand in hand. Amen. All right. So after worship, I sat on the front row here and somebody had their shoes uh, next to a chair. And when I saw the shoes, suddenly the, the name Cinderella came to mind. And uh, I thought, gosh, that's weird, you know. So then I began to just listen to Pastor Steve. And I was listening, I promise. That's okay. But in that process of listening, um, I had my spirit kind of stirred. And uh, Holy Spirit began to speak to me and say, someone is here that feels like Cinderella. And that you feel like in the past you've been abused and forgotten and ignored. And uh, Father um, uh, began to talk to my heart and tell me that you feel like you're a prisoner to your past. And he wants you to know you're not a prisoner. You're a captive. And there's a big difference. A prisoner is a prisoner for something they've done. A captive is a captive for something done to them. And the Lord wants you to know that you are held in a place because of something done to you. But he wants you to know, and this is awesome, the prince, your prince of peace is coming with your slipper. And he's going to put it on your foot. And the freedom you've been longing for is coming. He wants you to continue to lean into him, continue to seek him. And he's coming to set you free. So. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That's relevant for any of you, man. Take that in. Take those in. Amen. Healing, healing, healing in every area. Okay, I'll stop now. That's awesome. I'll take a size 11. <laughs> Everything starts by knowing Jesus. 
as your Lord and Savior. I gave, I talked about the gospel in the message, what he's done for us. Our heart, our part in that. Believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's where it all starts. It's amazing. If you haven't done it, do it now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Sitting in the room or watching live. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you do that, please let me know. Just so I can celebrate with you. By, here's how we've decided. to Just text the word heart to that number. 305-745-7513. Or just jump online and there's a New Believer page. Or you can go right to newbeliever.com. That's our page. Little stuff to read. Little form to fill out. I just want to know. So I can say, best decision you will ever make it. Everything changes then. Also, thank you for your amazing generosity, church. You guys are awesome. Uh, thank you for that. You continue to give if you're watching online. There's ways to give by mail, digitally. Uh, also, if you're here and you, you need to give or want to give, there's offering boxes there. Uh, over there, there's two by the door there and there's one out there. So those would be for you if you want to do it that way. Let's sing doxology and then we'll close. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. These doors will be open for you. Please go out this way. Give lots of people. Give lots of space on the way out. Distance yourselves appropriately. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. Lots of good stuff to think about, I think, this week. Hope. Oh, what an amazing thing. What a, what a journey we're on. Thank you for joining us in it. Just a reminder, next week is Mother's Day, so come and, and uh, get your picture taken and be blessed. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. God bless you guys.